the greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. It's Thursday, June 18th, 2020. And our long, meaningless global nightmare has finally come to an end. The Premier League is back. Just in time to be replaced by an old nightmare, West Ham United. Today on episode 13 of Complaints and Observations. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? Lucky number episode 13, huh? It's a big one. Um, 13 is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a number, you know, it's one of those numbers that, uh, people think is unlucky probably is, but who knows? Um, my father was a fan of the number 13. He liked it. I like it too. Uh, maybe that's a problem. Maybe I should stop liking that number. Hmm. Anyway, so. Uh, here it is. It's Thursday, as I mentioned in the open, and uh, it is the uh, preview show for Premier League 2019-2020 uh, season part deux. So it is upon us. We'll look at the uh, coming frantic end to the season. I will alienate uh, probably all 12 of my listeners, but it is my show. And I read today a Harvard study talking about being a generalist and how it is, um, becoming sort of a, you know, a better way of thinking when it comes to employment, being able to, to know and do a little bit about a lot of shit. That's this show folks. So, uh, what better place to talk about a soccer league that's based 3,200 miles away than a podcast that is really about nothing in particular? Am I right? See that? Uh, I do ask that if you really don't care about soccer, that you you stick around. Um, and then you'd probably have that same feeling by the time it was over, but... You know, I'm just asking. It's a favor to a friend. Or um, an acquaintance. Or someone you don't know. Either way. That's what I'm asking for. So, season started yesterday. Restarted yesterday, I should say. Uh, two games. And, and, of course, the season starts off. Uh, and there's a dumb call right off the bat. Sheffield being denied a goal. Settling for a draw. I'm now assuming that the point that Villa earned yesterday is going to fuck West Ham. But I digress. We'll get into more West Ham focus towards the end of the show. But So, two matches yesterday. I tuned in right at noon for the uh, variety of pieces about you know the restart, coronavirus, the 
uh, ongoing and continued struggle for equality throughout the planet. Everything was done very well, so cheers to NBC for those. Uh, I thought they did a good job. Um, the the thing that caught me off guard, though, was uh, I'm watching and they come up with the, the keys to the game segment. Which was sponsored by Corona. Now, look. I don't think that there's a correlation, but there are a lot of fucking stupid people. At least early on, there were a lot of stupid people that believed there was some sort of correlation between the global pandemic and a lousy beer, but hopefully those people don't watch soccer. And I just thought it was one of those weird things where you're like, look, I, I get the need to sponsor everything, and quite frankly, I love that shit, but it's a tad mistimed, no? I mean, I think Corona has other brands. Focus on another brand for the summer. Hey, let's not talk about Corona. Everybody fucking knows it's there. It's not like it's a, not like something that's going to go away. You know, everyone knows it's there. People are still going to drink it. They'll regret it, but they'll drink it anyway. But it was funny. I thought it was, I thought it was funny. You know, I did a whole podcast on Monday. Not a whole podcast, but a very giant segment about a fucking Snickers bar commercial. So, uh, anyways. So, I don't want to go through every team, quite frankly. Um, there are quite a few teams that I either don't care about or just, you know, really don't know about or know enough about to discuss. Um. So, you know, we'll, uh, but I'm sure they'll be mentioned. I mean, most of these mid-table clubs I'm not really going to talk too much about. Mainly because um, they're secure, no problems. They're not going to move up. They're not going to go down. They're going to just hang out in the middle and, you know, maybe cause some problems here and there for other clubs that are fighting for survival or for Europe, one of the two. But uh, except for Bournemouth. I will talk about Bournemouth, but fuck Bournemouth. Um, I mean, I didn't, I really didn't think the season would even come back given everything that's going on, but I have to say it's very much welcome partially because I'll have something to watch every day for the next, you know, five to six weeks, which is fantastic. Um, but the presentation I thought was great. I mean, obviously it's their ghost games or games with no, with no supporters. So it's, it's obviously a lot different. But I think um, you know the moment moments of silence between in in the two games, and that I assume will continue through the weekend, um, as well as having uh, Black Lives Matter on the on their shirts. I thought that was terrific. Taking a knee before the actual kick was a nice touch too. Um, but I think overall it'll likely be different for some players that have spent their you know entire careers playing in front of large crowds. Um, I dare say that a majority of the players will have some experience playing in buildings with no fans, having done so during their uh, youth days. But, um, you know, I just realized, so we have the air conditioner on in the house, central air here, 
and uh, I can hear it, and I'm curious if it's going to come through the pod. I sure hope not. That would fucking blow. Um, but yeah, and I don't mean like cool air coming through the uh, the show. Don't be an idiot. The sound I'm referring to. Um, anyways, I got off topic. Sorry. So. <clears throat> I had heard also that they were going to be using like the FIFA soundtrack um, in the games. And honestly, that would be fucking hilarious if they just, you know, played all the, um, all the, the, the chants and the songs that the supporters would sing. Um, I thought that would be cool. But honestly, I would much rather hear Martin Tyler, Alan Smith on the call Alan McAnally giving random updates throughout the game with that beautiful Scottish accent um, to make it feel like a video game when it's not a video game. But, uh, yeah, anyways. So, to the football, or to the soccer. I'm going to start with the obvious. Liverpool uh, was going to wrap up the league this weekend, but Man City won yesterday, so that's going to have to wait a week. Uh, and Norwich is probably going down. After that, who the fuck knows? And I say Norwich is going down, but Norwich could very well not go down, which would would really make for a, a fucking crazy finish. But I just need to remind you, I'm no expert on this sport by any sense of the imagination. I know a whole host of folks... Uh, who know way more than I do. So the goal here is just talk about the league as best I can, maybe because I, I enjoy the Premier League. I really like it. Uh, the drama, the bullshit, the off-the-field crap. I like that. The on-field presentation and the sport itself is wonderful. Um, so that's why, you know, the whole reason I wanted to do the show. And it'll come up from time to time, but... Um, yeah, so, without further ado, it is the Premier League Review Preview Part Do Show. So, as I mentioned, so Liverpool is going to win the league. That's a foregone conclusion, has been since probably Christmas time. Uh, my thinking is that uh, Manchester City and Leicester will finish two and three to get into the Champions League. Uh, but I think four to seven is going to be a battle. Right now, I think after yesterday, uh, it's Chelsea, Man U, Sheffield, and Wolves are seventh. Um, Sheffield jumped over Wolves after getting that point yesterday. But I think... Um, I really think that'll be it'll be Man U finishing fourth, and could very well challenge for third while Chelsea lands fifth and gets into uh, the Europa League. Of course, the FA Cup looms as well, and another team could get in. Um, Sheffield's still alive, so they could get in. I don't see Wolves playing well in the league because they're focused on their current Europa League uh, run, and rightfully so. Uh, they were last year's. Cinderella, if you will, whereas Chelsea, not Chelsea, Sheffield, Sheffield United this year is uh, honestly, I think, better. And I'll get more into Sheffield later because the more I dug into it yesterday, it was very interesting. Um, 
But Wolves could very well finish in in the top seven uh, ahead of uh, fucking Spurs, who I hope finish in the bottom half, which would just be fucking hilarious. But honestly, just having Wolves and Sheffield competing to be in the European conversation is a welcome addition, mainly because it keeps the likes of Spurs and Arsenal down, which is fantastic. But I think the club that could uh, play the best over uh, the remaining nine games could very well be Manchester United. Uh, A healthy uh, Pogba uh, is coming back. Although apparently he may not start, but honestly, does he need to? I mean, I don't think so, because you also have Bruno Hernandez in the midfield as well, who was playing very well. Uh, Odeon, who has the best name ever, Odeon. Uh, the dude's in his 30s, and he's providing a hell of a spark, or he provided a hell of a spark. I don't know if he's going to be able to keep it up, but I think uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, um finally has that club that seems to fit his style and should allow them to continue the hot run that, that they were on prior to the Rona break. Uh, they also have the luxury of playing uh, eight of their 10 remaining matches against clubs lower than they are in the table, and they avoid uh, Liverpool and Man City. The most difficult game uh, will likely be the season finale against Leicester. And that might mean something, who knows, but I think it sets up nicely for them to make a run in the top three and at least make it interesting. Um, you know, quite frankly, I would hope that they don't. I don't want to see them do well, but what can you do? They were playing very well before the break, so pardon the noise. Liquid death. Didn't have any coffee this morning. Slept pretty good. Got up, walked, exercised. Feel good this morning. Last few days, it's been a very up and down thing. Especially, you know, Monday, I felt like dog shit as I told you guys. But feel okay this morning, so that's good. By the time you hear this, this will drop at 3 o'clock this afternoon. I'll probably feel like crap again. Anyway, so I mentioned Sheffield earlier, and as I said, their success thus far has, I think, been better than Wolves last season. I heard on the, the broadcast yesterday that they had the lowest wage bill in the league. And so I was like, oh, okay, let's check it out. It is absurdly fucking low. Like, gross. There are six players in the league right now that earn more than Sheffield spends on 25 players. That's bananas. And it's not because they don't have the money. Uh, Their owner is a a Saudi prince. So that money's not a concern. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know, but it shouldn't be. Their top earner. 93-year-old Phil Jagielka, who has played four league games this season. Four. And he's making about 50K a week. Their second highest uh, wage earner. 
Muhammad Besik, who's on loan from Everton, and I can't find if they're paying the full boat for him or not, but he's only played nine games. Their number three earner, Lise Mousset, 15,000 pounds per week. He's put in a full schedule so far this year. He hasn't really done a ton. He's young. But think about that. This club is competing in what's likely the best league on the planet and will pay out about 10 million pounds for their starting 11. That is incredible and unheard of. Unheard of. When you have six players earning more than their entire club. Why I haven't heard about this previously is, I mean, I had heard that, hey, oh yeah, they're not, you know, spending a lot of money on these players. Uh, but that's incredible. The manager, Chris Wilder, has to be some kind of fucking ma- magician. I almost said musician there. That would have been weird. Uh, but, you know, big money clubs ignoring him last year, and then I would say once this season's over, <clears throat> West Ham. <clears throat> Uh, this club could be in Europe next season with way more money to spend, and I would imagine that is frightening for some other clubs in the league. They could have a bit of trouble. Their schedule is a bit tougher than most, where they play most of their uh, you know rivals in the in the top six for the Champions League spot, and they only have one match versus a club lower than twelfth in the table. It's going to be tough. But then again, the run that this team is on, League One, Championship, Premier League, in steady succession, is fascinating. And I think, honestly, I think the the relegation battle is where the drama is really going to come from for the next six weeks. Where there's six clubs within eight points of each other, and then Southampton is only five points ahead of them. I don't see Norwich making it out, as I mentioned. Uh, they have to play uh, Chelsea, Man U, and then they finish the city, uh, finish the season with Man City. And I am certain that City is going to be out, out for blood after uh, Norwich beat them earlier this season. So the next two spots are a bit harder to figure out. Uh, Villa doesn't seem to be as poor as their record indicates, and they played they played very well yesterday, and I think it could be a combination of, hey, uh, we're just coming back from this nonsense, and it, 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 there was some extenuating circumstances, I'm sure, but it's really just, I shouldn't say really, or just, but it's Jack Grealish and 10 Jags. That's what it is. Um, he is head and shoulders their best player. Um, and I would imagine that teams key on him to try to make sure that he doesn't create anything. And that's how teams um, match up with Villa. But having John McGinn back in, in the midfield should, should certainly help. And they're showing yesterday could very well be a glimpse of how they'll manage the rest of the way. I sure hope not. Um, Bournemouth, they're going down. Fuck them. They suck. I harbor a weird... 
dislike for that club. And I, I really have no reason. They've fucked West Ham twice in the last four seasons. Um, and so it's, it's for no other reason for whatever. I don't know why the color scheme on the uniform is gray. The nickname sucks. So the cherries fuck out of here. Whoa, that was loud. Hopefully, uh, I didn't mean to hit that. <laughs> I get very aggravated when talking about the cherries. Um, but yeah, you know, it's. The manager there, Eddie Howe, has been linked with West Ham multiple times, and it's you know he's like, eh, I don't want to go to West Ham, or uh, something happens and it doesn't materialize for whatever reason. But I don't, I, I find them annoying. Bournemouth seems like a weird town, even though it's probably very nice being on the water, coastal town, small town. Uh, but yeah, fuck them. They'll get one of the other spots, so they're going down. Uh, Watford, they were riding a high after blowing out Liverpool on leap day, only to then lose the following week to Palace. But that's how their season has gone. They started the year, they secured only four points going into November. Didn't win a match until beating Norwich on uh, 8th November, November 8th. Then... Towards the end of the year, starting on the 28th of December, and then through the second week of January, they secured 10 points out of a possible 12. How does this happen? And and the wild thing, I think they just went fucking bananas. Because they got two or three red cards, so we're we're playing with 10 men in at least two or maybe even all three of four matches. Uh, that they won. I have to, I don't really know, I have to double check. But there's a lot of bullshit there. Um, but since losing to uh, uh, Tranmere Rovers, who have since been rele- relegated to League Two, they lost to them in the third round of the FA Cup. Their only win was that win versus Liverpool, which has to be seen at this point as an out and out aberration. So which team is going to show up for the next six weeks? Is it going to be the one that, uh, from the turn of the year that played well? Or is it going to be this, you know, just batshit crazy uh, club that can't figure, it can't seem to walk straight? They've been a roller coaster all year. All right, here it is. So they got a red card in four games. They didn't lose a single one. They won three and drew in the other. So I, you know, I don't see them getting it together to stay up. For whatever reason, that I heard more about that club over the break than anybody else, than any other club. It just seemed to Troy Deeney, who I really like. I like Troy Deeney a lot. He was coming up quite a bit. Very opinionated young man. Good for him, rightfully so. Um but, it, it, you know, how does that play in the room? I don't know. So, having said that, they could go down, but they also could very well rattle off three wins to end the season and manage to stay up. Who knows? Um, Brighton, 
another club with a tough schedule. They play Leicester, City, Man U, Liverpool. So they basically they play the top four. They haven't won a single match in 2020. 06 and 3. And they're a tricky sort. And admittedly, I don't I know very little about them other than Glenn Murray having the worst hairline in all sports. And that they managed to secure a draw against West Ham after uh, a late 3-1 deficit. Their remaining fixture isn't as daunting as Villa, but they currently have a two-point cushion over 15th. So that those two points could really help them. But and then there's the mid table, like Arsenal. Arsenal's a mid table club at this point. They fucking blow. Yesterday was that was gross. Uh, what the hell? Were, what were they doing for the last few weeks? Not it, two muscle injuries. Were they not training? Insane. And then David Louise, glorious David Louise, who uh, um, managed to fuck up and gave up a, a goal to City. I think it was their first goal. Yeah, it was their first goal. Uh, and then a penalty penalty in the box, red card, shown the door. What, what a phenomenal young man. Dynamite hair. Absolute dog shit luck. And look, you can tell me that he sucks. The guy doesn't suck. Like, you know. Just stupid. <laughs> that's, that's two different things. Yeah, Burnley, Palace, Everton, Newcastle, Southampton. Unless one of them has an epic collapse, and I don't see, I don't see Burnley or Palace having that type of collapse and, and going down. Um, even Everton, Everton could, but I doubt it. They're at thirty-seven points, so I don't really think they're going to go down. But Newcastle very well could because. What a shit show that whole thing is. Uh, ownership is... Well, no, not even aside. Like own, Their ownership group is a fucking nightmare. The current owner, Mike Ashley, moron, shithead, etc., etc. Uh, had an offer to sell to another moron, shithead, uh, a Saudi prince, uh, whose name is eluding me, but he's the gentleman who apparently was... Accused of leading the murder for the uh, Washington Post journalists. Ooh, pardon. Uh, Southampton should be fine. Uh, good team. Too many losses. They've lost fifteen games, which is in, but they've won ten. And for the position that they're in, uh, their goal difference is is the same as Watford. Yet they have seven more points. Watford also gave up eight goals, I think, to City, if I recall correctly. Um, so, you know, I don't really see anybody 10 to, to 14 going down. Could they? Sure. I mean, you could have a team go out and lose nine games. It's entirely possible. 41 seems to be, 40 points, I should say, is typically the magic number to stay up, to actually know that you're going to stay up. Uh, West Ham right now has 27. Could they get to 40? It's possible. Likely? Eh, I don't know. 
possible? Maybe. So this would be a good time to get into my beloved hammers. Now, uh, I didn't really get into watching a lot of soccer until probably the mid-2000s or so. I mean, it was sprinkled and spread out amongst Fox and ESPN, but there was no, you know, dedicated coverage year-round of the Premier League. I mean, MLS, of course, but... I mean, let's be let's be honest. MLS is still a retirement league for really good players, and there's there's some good talent, but the good talent gets snatched up by European leagues. So you'll never have that quality in MLS that you have overseas. And honestly, I think that's fine. You're going to have good players still that just want to play here. The occasional player who gets paid a reasonable amount of money, but you know, the money is much, much higher, even in some of the lower European leagues. But, um, so I didn't really get into, I didn't have a club. There was nobody that I really followed intently uh, until NBC secured the rights 2013, and I had to pick a club. So I was like, all right, you know what? They're going to show it. They're going to dedicate time and coverage. I want to uh, make sure that I have a rooting interest. So let's pick a club. I chose West Ham. I've hated myself ever since. I shouldn't say that. It's not, it's not nice. Um, I didn't want to go with any of the big six clubs because, quite frankly, that seems a little, I don't know, it seems like cheating. So it came down to West Ham and Everton, and I went with West Ham simply because I'd never heard anyone in my presence or anyone that I'd ever that I knew that liked soccer or knew anything about soccer ever utter the words West Ham in my presence, other than, well, that's a funny name. <clears throat> so, silly way to choose a club. I've paid for it. Uh, with the stress that they've caused me over the years, which was something I was not at all expecting. But the problem is that I kind of love it. So, living here uh, in the Boston area, I've been incredibly spoiled sports-wise for the past two decades, so it's nice to have something to fucking constantly bitch about. Yeah, it's been good. So, with that... Let's talk about West Ham United. Now, they have, they're coming off a tough stretch where they had to play, uh, they played Liverpool twice in a month. Uh, honestly, reasonably decent showings both time out, but they lost both times. Uh, a draw against Brighton that I mentioned earlier, a win versus Southampton, and a loss to Arsenal that a really fucking frustrating match. They should not have lost that game. They just didn't, especially coming off the Southampton match, they should have been better. Now, they should be better than they were in the, the 12 matches, say, in the, the early 
half of the season, they started off pretty good. Points in six games. And then they proceeded to not get a point, I think, for or they didn't win 12 straight matches. And that's put them in this position that they're in now. But David Moyes, not the biggest Moyes fan, but I'm also not a Moyes hater. I think he has the club disciplined. He has players doing what they need to do. Their schedule starts off tough-ish. Wolves on Saturday, Spurs on Tuesday, and then they have uh, a week off before they play Chelsea on July 1st. So if they can manage a win in one of those three games, honestly, that's a plus. They very well could beat Wolves on Saturday. They could. I want them to fucking smash Spurs. Which probably means they're not going to. The meet comes after the Chelsea match. Newcastle, Burnley, Norwich, Watford. They have the ability to win all four of those matches. Man United, and then Aston Villa to end the season. And they should beat Villa. I hope that by the time they get to Villa, it's not one of these, oh shit, we need to win in order to stay up. That would suck. So, there should be 12 to 15 points remaining here. Which would give them... uh, Let's let's say they get twelve. That's thirty nine. And let's say let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say they get fifteen. They're at forty two. Um, I think they had. I think they had forty two points the last time they went down. So the poetic justice would be incredible if they happen to get forty two and then go down. But uh, it's there for them to to control their destiny, so to speak. Um, my hope is that the time off has given them uh, the ability to stay healthy, although apparently Angelo Ogbonna, who's probably been their best player this season... Him and Declan Rice. Uh, Ogbonna might be out on Saturday, so knock on wood, fingers crossed. Who knows? You got a little spring feedback there, huh? Yeah, you probably did. Uh, Jared Bowen, uh, Mikel Antonio, Suchek, Fornals, and of course Declan Rice. I think those are the, I mean, and then Sebastian Hilaire, uh up top. Those are the players that need to perform and play well. I have zero concerns about uh, the goalkeeper as long as he stays healthy. If we lose Fabianski, we're fucked. Because that's what happened um, prior to Manuel Pellegrini being let go. You can't expect uh, miracles like we had with David Martin at Chelsea. Um, Or versus Chelsea, I should say. 
My biggest concern is that not having any kind of home field advantage, which honestly for this club should be a benefit, not having to worry about uh, supporters and hooligans uh, getting pissed if they happen to lose the first two games out the shoot. So the hope is that that allows them to uh, focus on the game, focus on their play, and secure the points that they need. Because quite frankly, I don't want to watch uh, second-tier championship football next year. I don't. Um, because the concern there is then, then you know, they have to you know, finish in the top two to move up. And uh, it would suck because it would make a shitty situation that much worse. The ownership is not that great. They're okay. They make money selling dildos. Um, but it, it, they're not... I, I don't want to say they're secure because that's not accurate. They're, man, they're, they're managed strangely. That's how I've always looked at it. It's just a very odd management style from people who have run very successful businesses. For whatever reason, they can't figure this out. Or they can't figure it out uh, enough to be more successful than they are. They promised European football. Never been. I shouldn't say that. We were there on the fringes which is a weird set of circumstances with the Europa League that I am not uh, knowledgeable enough to discuss. But my hope is that they play well, they play well enough to stay up, figure their shit out, uh, solve some problems. They have some problems with younger players right now. Hopefully that gets either resolved or... Uh, yeah, just resolved. Let the kid go. He doesn't want to stay. Um, but the talent is there. The talent is there. They have what it takes. They're they're much better than their current uh, standing. They're they're not a fifteenth place club. They're not. Ten nine, between nine and eleven. You know, ten nine eleven. You know. That they're a mid-table team. They should not be dealing with this bullshit. I would love if they came out Saturday, got a win, put some of the nonsense aside, and allowed them to focus on, on the remaining eight games. However, it would not surprise me one bit if they got smashed on Saturday, 3-0. It wouldn't surprise me. I hope that's not the case. So that is it for episode 13, the Premier League Part de, uh preview show. Hopefully you didn't hate it. Hopefully you learned a couple things. Uh, no laughs. Very serious episode. <laughs> Jesus. Liquid death. Man. Uh, sparkling water. Liquid death. Check it out. Um, serious episode, no laughs. 
So the one laugh per show guarantee has been uh, revoked for episode 13. Uh, hopefully, by the time Monday rolls around, uh, I'll be uh, reasonably funny again. Unlikely. But as I say all the time, if you want to be on the show, please let me know. Feel free to leave a voice message. Uh, you'll find that link at the bottom of every show description in whatever uh, um, uh, medium or site or whatever. Why did I say medium? That's not right. Whichever format you're using. There it is, David, you fucking idiot. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google, uh, the website, complaintsandobservations.com. Uh, you can send an email, showmail at complaintsandobservations.com. Feel free. Uh, but that's it. Um, I've made some, I've made a horrible t-shirt design that I think I'm going to, uh, maybe, uh, put out over the weekend. If anybody wants to buy it, I'll just sell it, sell it at cost. But it's uh, custom ink, so their shit's expensive. Um, but yeah, that'll do. Heavy sells a tremendous weekend. Uh, I'm going. I'm playing some golf on Saturday. Going to Mohegan Sun uh, Saturday night. So I'm sure Monday's episode will have uh, a Mohegan Sun reaction. Um, you know, the wonder of it all in the middle of a fucking pandemic. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, enjoy your weekend. Take care of one another. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Tell your friends. Godspeed. Ta-ta.